Pakistani news outlets, like the articles are really long and mm-hmm. dense and cluttered with information and there's not a lot of context. So if you're reading a news article about a specific story or event for the first time, there's a chance you won't have any idea what they're talking about. And then the broadcast news channels in Pakistan are very sensationalized, in my opinion, and I think designed more for entertainment than actually conveying information. Then I realized that there is no newsletter in Pakistan that does this for Pakistani news. Welcome back to Pakkord, a podcast about young Pakistanis around the globe. I'm your host, Habib Ahmed. In each episode of this show, I talk to different guests from many different countries, but we all have a shared connection with just one, Pakistan. Our special guest today is Anam Khan, currently residing from the San Francisco Bay Area, California, but she's lived back and forth between Pakistan and the US, and she'll talk about that in a minute. Anam is here today to talk about, as you may have guessed, the news. She is the founder of a company called The News Run. The News Run is a free daily email newsletter that provides short and simple summaries of Pakistan's top news. Anam herself is a deeply experienced writer and a researcher, and she applies her skills to gather, summarize, and share the top stories around Pakistan every weekday in a very easy to read email. I myself have subscribed to The News Run after finding out about it, and over the last few weeks, I have been reading it daily as part of my morning routine and really enjoying it. You can subscribe to The News Run very easily on their website, thenewsrun.com. Also, the link is in our episode's description. And as I mentioned, it's completely free, no strings attached. Please note that this episode is not a paid advertisement or a sponsorship in any way. I really believe in Anam's product, and she's on this episode not just as a founder of News Run, but as a successful Pakistani entrepreneur with a great story. So we'll start this episode with a little bit about Anam and her life, and then quickly move on to discussing the flaws in the mainstream Pakistani news media and how the news run is making it better. Okay, so I'm going to do my best to summarize this. Because uh, I've gone back and forth between Pakistan and the States a lot since I was a kid. But I was born in the US. I was born in New York City. And then after about three, four years, my parents and I moved back to Lahore, Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And then we just stayed there. I did all my primary and secondary schooling at the Lahore American School, LAS. And then I graduated and came to the States for college where I attended Smith College and I got a bachelor's in English. I majored in English and minored in international relations. And then I worked in New York City for a couple of years. And after that, I started preparing for grad school. And then for grad school, I went to Columbia University and I got a master's in strategic communications. And then after that, I moved back to Lahore for two years. And while in Lahore, I was working as well. Uh, I worked at a nonprofit and then at a multinational ad agency. Then I came back to the States again (laughs) and I was in D.C. And then recently, like over the past, I think I moved to California in February. Mm -hmm. So now I'm in California. So I've gone between Pakistan and the States for most of my life. Uh, Even while growing up and living in Pakistan, I would come to the States every summer when I was a kid. 
So I was pretty used to being here by the time I actually started college. So it wasn't really that hard of an adjustment for me. Right, right. It seems like, yeah, you moved around a lot. So you mentioned New York City, D.C., California. When did you move to California, by the way? In February this year. Oh, of this year. Okay. Yeah, so, so like very Right recent. when Corona was starting to become a problem. Oh, yeah. We got here a week, I think a week before the shelter in place mm -hmm. started. Yeah, I can imagine what it's like because I moved to Boston in September of last year. So I had about six normal months before this uh, pandemic started, the craziness. And then since then, I've been sitting home. You mentioned the back and forth to Pakistan. That's pretty interesting. In my uh, typical circle of Pakistani people, most of them who finish studying and then the ones especially who are born here, they don't actually go to Pakistan to live for some point you know, in time and then come back. So what were uh, some of the drivers behind that? So... I moved back to Pakistan after grad school because I'd been living away from my family for a pretty long time. And I thought that, you know, now that I've, I've gotten my master's degree, I, I can definitely, Yeah. I, I just saw myself moving back to Pakistan for a little bit to spend some time with my family. Yeah. And then I moved back to the States because I got married. I see. So that was the main driving factor. And in the long run, I did see myself in the states as well because i liked living here and i was so used to living here so it really feels like i've spent half my life in pakistan and the other half in the states yeah right so you mentioned you went to lahore right uh, were you working there yes i was working there i started working there at a nonprofit where i was a content writer and then i was a strategy associate at a multinational ad agency in lahore as well hmm. okay okay that's cool and was there i guess a lot of people might be thinking about this while they're listening to this podcast that uh, was there an adjustment or was there like a culture shock that you experienced having moved from the us back to pakistan or even vice versa of moving from pakistan back to here because you said half and half, right? That's kind of interesting. You continue diversifying your your experiences and your settings. So was there ever a point where you uh, got a little culture shock? I did get a bit of a culture shock moving to Pakistan after grad school and then working in Pakistan because I'd never worked in Pakistan before. Mm -hmm. When I was living in Pakistan, I was either at home or in school. Like, that was my life. I hadn't really ventured out to experience other things. Mm -hmm. So... Working in an office at, in a salaried position in Pakistan, it takes a lot of time to adjust, at least it did for me, because the work culture and the professional environment is very different than the States. Hmm. In what sense is it different, though? Gender differences or other things? No, not really. Okay. No, um, because there were a lot, of, there were women working in my company who had uh, pretty important roles. So I don't think it was That's the good. gender issue. I think it's just more of just like interacting with people and also i went to an american school where urdu was not the language we were taught and so my urdu was never that strong so then having to communicate with people in urdu more than i ever had before was an adjustment for me and also i guess i feel a little bad for saying this but i guess there wasn't as much efficiency in the work environment that I experienced in Pakistan compared to what I was used to in America. Hmm. And there wasn't like any such thing as a work culture either. Hmm. I don't know if this is something that people experience across the board or whether this is just something that's just limited to where I was working. But I just noticed that 
like people were expected to come and work extremely long hours for very little pay and mm. then they weren't really given much incentive mm. so the work-life balance basically yeah incentives benefits and stuff yeah and i also noticed that like, there were some people who just had different lifestyles in the company so those who really were living paycheck to paycheck I did mm -hmm. feel like they were taken advantage of for that compared to the people who weren't living paycheck to paycheck. And I think in, in Pakistan, there's also this whole culture of everyone wanting to know your background, what your family does, which is not something I'm <laughs> used to working in America because yeah. in America, no one cares. Like they just, they would look at your resume and look at your merit and your qualifications. But in Pakistan, everyone would be like, oh, what are your family? What does your family do? Like, what is this? Are they doing this? Hmm. And I'm like, why does everyone need to know that? Like, I don't think that has any relevance to my work. Yeah. Like for the interview <laughs> process, you're saying, right? Yeah. Or even after that, maybe they just want to know more about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the U.S., people are more private, like more reserved about, you know, you, you have the choice to share if you want some details about your personal life in a work setting, but you don't have to. Yeah. And the thing I noticed about working in Pakistan is that where you come from is something that's really important to people who are hiring you. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know why, but it is. And yeah, it just wasn't as professional, but I guess the way things work in Pakistan is just different than the States. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember doing one interview, somebody asked me my age and in the back of my head, I was like, I don't even think that's legal in the yeah. States at least. Yeah, right. So <laughs> It's funny. <laughs> yeah. It might differ from company to company too, possibly. I wonder yeah. in Pakistan, but I've never worked there, so yeah. I wouldn't even know. No, I don't want to generalize. That's that's why I said in the very beginning that I'm not I'm yeah, not trying to speak experience. for of everyone who's yeah. worked there. It was my experience, but those are my observations. Yeah, no, that's understandable, and that can be frustrating. Even here, a lot of people might not realize this. I think you might you might pick up on this, but there is a distinct difference, oftentimes, between an East Coast culture of working and a West Coast culture. The West Coast culture mostly centralized around these tech companies that uh, that are headquartered there, right? Google, Facebook, Amazon. So when I moved from the East Coast to the West Coast in California, I noticed that change in culture. There was a lot more like coolness in the workplace. There was a lot more uh, relaxed work attire, you know, like clothes, more types of perks. So for example, there'd be like free snacks, you know, like more fun events and things like that. But in exchange for that, they often wanted you to work a little bit longer. So <laughs> that was my experience working in the East Coast versus West Coast. Even now I'm back in the East Coast, right? So the culture is specifically like you go home at five, you're basically done. You don't have to uh, meet your coworkers for a happy hour necessarily. There's not a lot of like bonding or kind of forced interactions that they make you do. But over there in the West Coast, so ex the expectation was you become friends with your coworkers and you spend more and more time with them. So again, I, I wouldn't say this is all companies in the East Coast or the West Coast, but people talk about this a lot, the differences in the work culture. And uh, I, I definitely noticed that in my experience working for like five, six different companies. Well, I've, when I was on the East Coast, I was going to an office and I had coworkers. So, but when I moved to the West Coast, I was already working on my own business. Right. So I work from home. So I never really got to make a comparison between work cultures on the East Coast and West Coast. Yeah, actually, yeah, we're going to talk about that. So you're basically working from home with your business, right? Yes. Yes. I think let's go ahead and start talking about that. So News Run. It's very interesting, actually. This is exactly something that I was looking for a few months ago. I was wondering, like, if there's a New York Times type of feed that I can get 
because I subscribe to New York Times. Mm -hmm. So I used to get this daily, uh, and I still do actually, a daily New York Times update. Here's a, a summarized version of the news that you need to know if you're not closely following anything. So this news run, this is uh, exactly the same thing, but in a more Pakistani context. What gave you this idea? So basically the newsletter is like the New York Times. I get the New York Times morning brief, which summarizes the latest stories of the day. And then there are other newsletters like the Skim and Morning Brew and then Axios, which were following a similar format. And I absolutely loved it. Mm. And I'm a loyal subscriber. I was reading those every single day. And I loved how everything, all the key points that I needed to know, all the highlights of a new story were just summarized for me on one platform that was easily accessible because it landed in my inbox every morning. So yeah. I didn't need to click on a website or do Google searches or scour the internet to read the news because everything was in one place for me. And then in the back of my mind, I just kept wishing that there was a platform like this for Pakistani news because Pakistani news outlets, like the articles are really long and mm -hmm. dense and cluttered with information. And there's not a lot of context. So if you're reading a news article about a specific story or event for the first time, there's a chance you won't have any idea what they're talking about because mm -hmm. you don't have the backstory and then the broadcast news channels in Pakistan are very sensationalized, in my opinion, and I think designed more for entertainment than actually conveying information. Then I realized that there is no newsletter in Pakistan that does this for Pakistani news. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's no newsletter that's for free that you can get in your inbox in every morning that summarizes all the day's top stories for you. And then I realized that rather than waiting for somebody else to provide this service for me, I will just start it myself. Yeah. So that's why I launched the news run in uh, 2018. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a while, about two years. Yeah. But 2018 was more of a soft launch because I was still growing the product. I wasn't really releasing it into the world properly. I just had a couple of subscribers. I wasn't marketing much. I was getting feedback on how to make the format and the style and the voice better. I didn't have a website yet. So there are just a lot of things I was polishing up in terms of the format. And then I was also experimenting with different mail servers. So the newsroom has changed a lot since 2018. But now that I've found something that I think works, that's been getting positive feedback. Yeah. Now I'm trying to take it to the next level and scale. Yeah, yeah. And I think it, speaking from my experience, at least kind of um, trying to understand our generation, I think for me and for a lot of people around our age, the issue is that the way that we consume news has kind of started to change because uh, not a lot of people have time or interest anymore in turning on the TV. For this, uh, for Pakistani news, right, we have those typical channels, ARY News, Geo News, and, and every news segment sounds very dramatic with that background uh, music, which is really cool, by the way. But it's considered very traditional. And I think a lot of people don't like that anymore, a lot of younger people. So they, just, they still want to consume the news, but not everybody is so inclined to go on a website and read articles unless it's something extremely pressing, right? I personally, because I, I enjoy podcasts, one of the ways I get my news sometimes is uh, by listening to a podcast. It's interesting. I think uh, you're doing a great job in terms of adapting to the changing demands that I'm sure is affecting Pakistani people as well, both uh, living in Pakistan and over here, especially the younger folks. 
Yeah, that's actually, now that you say that, it's very interesting because I came up with the idea of a free daily email newsletter that summarizes Pakistan's top news, mostly for the diaspora living abroad, mm -hmm. because I was living abroad. And then I thought that the news run would give Pakistanis living outside of Pakistan an easier way to keep up with the local news in the country. But then I noticed that a lot of my subscribers were also from Pakistan and living there. Mm -hmm. Then I realized that this sir, they need this too. Yeah. Initially, I thought that the news is all around them all the time, but they also need help cutting through the noise. Yeah. So... I know that people are bombarded with information around the clock now, especially in the digital age. Mm -hmm. They're not going to really take out time to read something unless it's easily accessible and drop right in front of them because everyone's competing for their attention right now. Exactly. Companies, other news outlets. So I asked myself, how can I make the news more efficient and reliable and less tiring? And that's the concept that inspired the news run. I think younger folks as a way to get away from uh, traditional sources, they often go to social media. So for example, they'll open up Instagram or something and there they'll find news, but they'll find more sensationalized news, right? Like more celebrity stuff, uh, you know, controversies going on, spicy, yeah. but for people who are serious about, you know, getting a little more interested in politics or, or an understanding of what's going on around the world, they want something that's compressed as well as like you said, easily accessible. And I think this uh, probably fits right in. And th this is something that they can check every morning, right? What time in the morning does it go out again? I send it out depending on time zones because my subscribers are spread out around the world. Yeah. They're in Pakistan, they're in North America, they're in Europe. So in Pakistan, subscribers get the newsletter at 8 a.m. Okay. In the morning in Europe and North America, 6 a.m. That's perfect, right? So you've uh, kind of optimized it for each region. And so they wake up and that's possibly the first thing that they can check in bed or with their breakfast. Yeah, I mean, that's that's my routine in the morning too. And a lot of people, because I even did a survey in one of the older newsletters asking people what time they like to read the news. And like, a majority of them said in the morning before the day starts. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, without giving away any of your secrets, I'm curious how you're collecting the content around uh, these morning letters, because looking through these, right, they're, they're pretty, thankfully, they're not overloaded, they're not overwhelming, but there's still enough information in there that I'm sure there's some effort involved in compiling a lot of this. For example, you also collect uh, COVID stats for Pakistan, so that's, that's actually right at the top. So I really like that header that's put in there. That's a great design choice. And then, of course, followed by the uh, the rundown of all the news. Where are you collecting all this or what's your process? So I researched the news by digging through local publications in Pakistan and also international publications that are reporting on news events in Pakistan, like Al Jazeera or BBC or New York Times. Mm -hmm. And then I pull out the key points that I think are relevant. I look for news that... I want to know that and that I think other people should also know. Hmm. I take out the key points and then most importantly, I condense each news topic and do a quick summary. So it's a three-step process mm -hmm. and it takes pretty long and it takes long because I also try to fact check if there is some information in an article that I think is a bit of a stretch or too ambiguous. I'll read other articles to see what they're saying about the same news topic. 
Yeah. Uh, I check and double check and triple check any data or stats that I'm writing because I don't want people to feel like the news run is misinforming them. The news yeah. run needs to be a reliable source of news that they turn to every morning to stay informed. So that's yeah. my process. That's great. One thing I've recently started to notice is that there are certain news topics that are trending more online on social media and not being covered as much by mainstream publications. So in cases like that, I feel like I have to be very careful because you can't always rely on everything you read online. I think misinformation and fake news spreads so easily on social media Mm -hmm. because you don't know what the sources of that information are. Like people are just self-appointed journalists. Yeah. So I always make a note of that if there is something that is hashtagging or trending in the country, I will write, this is based on social media chatter. I will emphasize that this information is not in mainstream media outlets. And I'll always write that this is reportedly what happened or allegedly. Mm -hmm. I will never draw a conclusion or make a sweeping statement. I will always make sure to let people know where this information is coming from, especially if it's coming from social media, so that they're aware of the fact that this might not be 100% accurate, but this is just some information that's out there online Mm -hmm. that not other publications are covering. Because some of these are also conversation drivers. Yeah, exactly. Right. I want to include information that I think that is popular and that people are talking about. So I do look at what's trending on Twitter a lot as well. I I think that makes sense because uh, nowadays news isn't just about the facts. It's not about what's already established and things that people already know, but it could also just be what's the buzz, something that we don't have full clarity on yet, but people are talking about it. Yeah. And the issue with that is, uh, like you already kind of mentioned, with the style of tabloid style, you know, news that we have now, these companies are often, the entertainment companies and media companies are often competing with each other to get it out first. And because of that, they risk misinforming people, and they often do, actually. So then they have to clarify things later on. Yeah. The news run is also not a breaking news outlet. I don't want to try to be the first outlet to report a news story my goal is to recap it and summarize it and simplify it and i also feel like in the end the quality of the news and the writing is better because i'm not racing with other companies to get the news out yeah yeah makes sense have you heard back from people or is there a way that you're also assessing people's feedback yeah so i've gotten very positive feedback across the board uh people tell me that they've never read anything like this it's helping them stay informed they find it easier to keep up with the news now and they just find it refreshing Mm -hmm. and students also reach out from pakistan the ones who are studying for like local government exams saying that it's helping them keep up to date with current events and it's helping them study for their exams so i feel really good when i hear that kind of feedback because i realize that i'm helping solve a problem yeah that i was having that other people are also having. And I'm glad that the news run has been a helpful solution. And now I'm looking forward to getting it in front of more people. Yeah. And I'm sure getting that type of feedback is encouraging to keep going and uh, think about expanding it and scaling it, right? Yeah. And people like the simple format as well. I mean, you probably noticed that the news run doesn't really have a lot of graphic flair. It's pretty clean, classic. And I think that's a reflection of my own personal taste as well, because I like to keep things simple. It's 
kind of what my personality is like as well. I don't like things that are extra. Mm-hmm. And especially when I'm watching the news in Pakistan, like I I get dizzy just watching like yeah. two, three different tickers going at the same time and then all the moving graphics in the back. I feel like the news run just helps people focus on the words and the information in front of them. And I think that's what the news should be. Mm-hmm. Like that's what the news should be doing for people without all these other distractions. That's a great point. Yeah. And I think that's in general, that's that's the direction that the world is heading now. It's towards simplicity. And they're tying in a lot of psychology, uh, understanding of uh, human attention spans to build uh, better designed outlets now for, for pretty much everything. And yeah, you're you're completely right. I think thinking back to how ARY news used to be or, or some of these uh, mainstream news channels in Pakistan, there used to be several tickers an ad to display as well with like weird soap ads and cartoons just popping up on the on the screen so it'd be extremely distracting and it'd be hard to take anything seriously i remember that for example i i work in uh, my my full-time job right is in data analytics so a lot of what i do is design data type dashboards so we try to design things for our customers that are easy to process for them so even though we know data really well we want to make sure that we can build charts like simple bar graphs and pie charts, for example, that are easy for a, a regular person to understand because that's what our end customers are. They're regular people. A lot of this is often uh, a struggle because we want to give them as much info as possible while also keeping it not overwhelming, right? So we have to continuously look at our design and assess it and make sure that it it makes sense. And I think that's that's kind of the approach that a lot of companies, a lot of different companies and outlets and platforms are doing now. A lot of websites have become more and more simplified than if you compare them to like 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And I completely understand why, because there's more information available to people and people have lower attention spans because of that. And Mm -hmm. people are really busy and it's hard for them to take out the time to consume so much content. That's one of the reasons why social networks take off so well, because you can keep refreshing content to whatever you like. If you don't like it, you can scroll past it. The world of businesses have learned a lot from that. We're basically competing for people's attention now. So you have to be better, not try to uh, overwhelm them. Otherwise, they'll just be pushed away. One more question going back to you mentioned your content creation, right? Yeah. How do you structure your work-life balance on considering that it's your own business? Is there a specific structure that you follow for the day? And how do you give yourself a break? Well, I actually don't give myself enough breaks. This is something I need to get better at, but I love routine. Yeah. So I wake up at the crack of dawn. I read my own news first and then I I work out, have breakfast and I just start working during the day. And I want to give myself a cutoff time mm-hmm. for when I end the day and just have dinner and like unwind. But that's not happening as much as I want it to. <laughs> Yeah, because I always need to be keeping up with the news because when my day is ending here, Pakistan's start day is starting. Yeah. So then if there's something, if there's a new development in Pakistan, I need to make a note of it and I need to like schedule my content for the next day. And it's just I just feel like I'm always wired. Always uh, keeping up, right? I'm always on and Mm -hmm. because the news run is still at a very early stage. So if I have a new thought or idea or something I want to look at, I just do it on the spot. Like I can't wait to do it the next day Mm because I want to do it immediately. Mm -hmm. 
And also, there's so many people out there nowadays who said, especially during the pandemic, that they need a break from the news, they're burnt out, they're drained, they're taking social media breaks. And I envy them because I can't do that. Mm -hmm. This is my life. This is my work. So like, I always have to be plugged in. It's a passion, but it's also work at the same time, right? Some days, even when you're tired, you have to remember, oh, yeah, this is this is what I do. And uh, people are looking forward to this morning's feed. So I have to I have to put this in there. For example, you might already have your newsletter ready and it's about to go out in an hour, but then maybe some new headlining news comes out. Oh, that happens so many, so many times. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I, I know it's a, it's a lot of track for one person. I can understand that because my this podcast is not even a... I don't even treat it as a full-time job because I already have one. And even then, it's something that gives me a run. I have to plan my whole day. Okay, you know, I'm going to do this, uh, my, my work for the first eight hours of the day. Then I, you know, going to take a little break, family time, whatever. And then I'm going to come back and do the podcast. It's crazy, <laughs> but it's it's fun at the same time. Yeah, I thought I thought about maybe working part-time somewhere else, like while building up the news run. But then I realized yeah. that the news run is just too big of a time commitment and it's not not going to get off the ground unless I commit to it 100%. Yeah, right. Exactly. And let's talk a little bit about that because that was going to be my next question. What's your what's your goal with the news run in terms of, for example, where it is today, which is already a great, to be honest, from what I'm looking for. I, I've been reading it for the last week or so since I subscribed to it. So oh, thank you. I mean, I, this is exactly what I was looking <laughs> for. Uh, trust me. So that's great. I mean, we have, we already have a lot of outlets for US news. There's so much content there. But there was something missing there for Pakistan-based news. And I think this is exactly that uh, thing that fills in the gaps. That's great where it is. What's your ideas for expansion and where, where do you want to take it? So I think at this point, from an editorial standpoint, I'm set. Mm -hmm. Now I need to scale. I would like more subscribers and I don't want to have a paywall. Mm -hmm because I want people to be able to access it for free. But at the same time, after putting so much time and effort into this, I do want to monetize it. Yeah. So I will either do that through sponsorships or native advertising, but in a way where people don't feel spammed, like in a way where it's a part of the content and I'm only the advertising companies or products or brands that I think my readers will find valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not just going to have a banner ad at the top of the newsletter, yeah. like what I'm basically trying to say. Mm -hmm. And I do want to grow my team because right now I'm wearing all the hats and yeah. it it's a lot for one person to take on. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking forward to expanding my team so I can have help with more outreach and marketing and partnerships. And slowly and gradually that is happening. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited about what lies ahead for the news run. I'm very hopeful about the growth over the next year or two. Yeah, thinking about this, I'm pretty optimistic about it. I think it's a great idea. Like I said, I think one of the challenges is often, uh, my wife often tells me this regarding the podcast is, yeah, you know, why don't you get more people to, to help you out with it? And uh, I tell her the hard part is not finding the people because I already, for example, I have a graphic designer. He helps me a lot. Uh, it's, uh, you know, he lives in Pakistan and our partnership works out really well because I tell him if I need him to make something, and then I go to sleep and he's working during Pakistan. So then he does something and then gives me something by my morning time. That's great. Okay. But the, the hard part is just making sure that whatever you're giving to people to do is done in the same amount of quality, the same measure of quality that you put in, right? That's been my challenge. At least it's like, which hat do I give off? Because 
there's a saying that says, uh, if you want something done right, do it yourself. But then how many other, how many things can you consistently keep doing yourself? At some point, everybody has a limit. Yeah. And, but at the same time, you don't want to sacrifice that quality. Yeah, I completely understand and I can relate as well. But I feel like as founders, this might be something that's common because when you've launched a company, or at least for me, I think sometimes you just tend to stay in your own head mm-hmm. and you focus so much on the product that's your baby that... Yeah. <laughs> you don't really you don't concentrate on the other things you need to do to expand the business because you're so fixated on the actual product that you've built mm-hmm. and i mean that's why i like i would like to have a bigger team at yeah. some point but yeah obviously like work with people who value the product as much as i do and who are skilled writers and who i can trust and rely on yeah you're absolutely right we, at some point we have to get from the day-to-day grind of it to the strategic aspect and you won't be able to get to the the strategy and the the thinking of how to expand it in the future if you're constantly working on uh, the maintenance and the day-to-day operations of it of any specific project so you're right this is probably not a challenge that we're facing alone this is probably something that every person who starts something eventually runs into if they wanted to grow enjoyed this episode of Puckcord, I definitely recommend subscribing to the News Run and give it a shot. You can also follow the News Run on Instagram, and they're also very open to getting your feedback. We have all the details and their contact information in this episode's description. Also, if you enjoy Puckcord in general, go ahead and subscribe to us on whichever app you're listening to. For those of you on Patari, remember we are also on any major podcast listening app, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, etc., etc. Just search for Puckcord. Thank you. I really appreciate this. This is my first podcast and yeah. I I'm really happy about how it went. You asked great questions and just keep up the great work that you're doing. Absolutely. I want to thank you for doing this. This was great. You too.